Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the books so you don't have to. How are we feeling out there? <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you so much for coming out. My name is Dave Warnicke, and on each episode of this show, we look at one of the classics. And um, I guess we're all good to go. Nearly. I can hear the water filling up as we speak. So here I pad. Uh, Merry Christmas. Are we feeling Christmassy? A little bit. Was that a little bit? All right. We'll get that Christmas vibe going. Okay. Let's start ho 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 and everyone. On the count of three. How are we doing at the bar? Are we good? Okay. <laughs> I'll repeat. Each episode of the show, I look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, would you please put your hands together and welcome to the podcast, Nick Mason and Naomi Higgins. Yeah. We did it. Hello. Hello, Dave. Oh, thank goodness. You met the mic. We forgot the button. You good? It's, it's functioning, yes. We're what? doing very, very well. I gave What's you, going on? Okay, okay. Just as Dave was about to come on stage, I said, Dave, believe in yourself. And I think it really threw him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I forgot how to walk to get up here. It was awful. So thanks for making me believe in myself. He's not supposed to work like that. <laughs> Naomi, how are you feeling? I'm good. I was in an Uber like a minute ago. <laughs> Exhibition Road is crazy. <laughs> what a lot. Lots of traffic. <laughs> uh, I no, also I took an Uber here and my guy went rogue. <laughs> he was looking at the map. He ignored it about nine times. It said I was three minutes away and then he took a turn and then it suddenly said, you're now eight minutes away. <laughs> and then he ran a red light and said, you didn't see that. <laughs> so five stars to that guy. I so- took uh, public transport to get here. Very reliable, very <laughs> clean. <laughs> Okay, very Shut got here on time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> please, please don't defund us. Please don't do that. Now, this is the, the Christmas episode of the show. Okay. So we're What? Yeah, can you believe it? It's our Christmas special. And these guys, I don't know if you heard it, they're pumped for Christmas. <laughs> Especially in the middle there. Uh, how, you fe- how do you guys feel about Christmas? Are you Christmas fans? I hate Christmas, but okay. I love very special Christmas episodes of things. Okay. So, because it's a, it's a fictionalised sort of variation of like the spirit of Christmas, which I can get on board with. Yeah. Real Christmas, you have to talk to relatives and stuff, and I'm like, yuck. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. not. There's no relatives in this book. I can confirm that that's good. Naomi, Christmas? Um, yeah, I used Naomi. to be really into like gift wrapping and decorations and stuff like that. Um, and then I got a life. So I, <laughs> I haven't done that in a while, but I used to be really, Pop really that, good. anyone who's wrapped a Christmas present today. <laughs> was really into better homes and gardens when I was a teenager. Didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> but it comes with cool... It's like, a, it's like the sealed section of Dolly, but instead it's just um, wrapping paper that you tear out of the perforated section. <laughs> 
Christmas. How about you? <laughs> I um, and I used to dress up as an elf and Santa Claus at Christmas time. So every year, uh, year it comes around, and I have a uh, horrible flashbacks. So did you say an elf and Santa Claus? Yeah, that's right. Well, I started as an elf, which I nailed. Can you believe? <laughs> and they said, "Kid, you ready for the big time?" And I was not ready for the big time. I wore a, a fat suit, but the, it was just a stomach, so my arms and legs were still that of a thin 19-year-old. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. Dave, you'd need a fat suit to look like a regular man. I don't, they, <laughs> don't have to give you a double was, fat suit. I was suit. not believable. I was not believable. And uh, twice I got beaten up as Santa, so... Yeah. By adults, or...? <laughs> Embarrassingly, no. <laughs> I wish I could... I wish they were adults. I couldn't... There were kids, so I couldn't fight back, so I'm saying stuff like, oh, you're a naughty boy, oh... <laughs> You're going to get cold for Christmas this year as a kid kicks me in the shin. Are you sure it was a kid and are you sure it wasn't porn? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. So I've chosen a Christmas classic, but it's kind of not really a classic. Well, it's a classic, but not in the Christmas genre. Most people would think this isn't a Christmas book. I've gone with... Is it um, Die Hard? Uh, it's, it's second only to Die Hard. Is it Sylvia Plath's Christmas cookbook? <laughs> <laughs> oh. thankfully, thankfully, no. All right. <laughs> oh, come on. She would have appreciated that. <laughs> You've read The Bell Jar. It's funny. It's a funny book. I have read The Bell Jar, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I can do it for the show. So anyway, uh, stay tuned for next year if I get... Because you hate women? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, a main character that's a woman? How dare she? I'm <laughs> uh, no. the only one of us who hasn't read that. <laughs> no. Oh, it's just incredibly depressing. Anyway, so, uh, but this isn't depressing. I've gone with a James Bond novel. Thank you. Uh, I've gone with uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. You familiar with this, you guys? I didn't know they were books. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They started out as a book. He's gone with a junior novelization (laughs) of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. No, I just watched a movie this afternoon. I got really, really desperate. Now I've seen that movie. It's it's certainly snowy, but I don't I it, mm. I don't remember the it's Christmas movie being. Is this Christmas enough? I uh, hit Control F on a PDF version, and it says the word Christmas thirty times in the novel. Is that enough? Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> what if no? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, bye everyone. We had a good run. Each year it gets harder and harder to find something Christmassy. So uh, I'm going with James Bond. Uh, There's people- the Bible. <laughs> You do that for ages. Okay. I, I did say, what should I do this year? And I cannot tell you how many people suggested I do the Bible. <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, this is too depressing. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Chopping a little baby in half, that's funny. <laughs> now, people suggest I do this. Is that on the old or the nude? <laughs> I don't remember. That's, that's the older. <laughs> that's one of the older ones, yeah. Probably that's both, right. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's been suggested by a few people this book, or, or two. Simon Morgan from England. Also, someone called Josh from Australia. Josh, are you in tonight? Is anyone called Josh in tonight? Yes? Just claim it, it's fine. Just claim it. Just claim it. We will be checking ID to confirm. <laughs> well, thanks so much for suggesting this, Josh. Appreciate you. So, it's actually it's the 10th novel in Ian Fleming's James Bond series. That's the guy that created James Bond. Wow. <laughs> 
learning to get... Impressive. Uh, yeah. Naomi, do you have any thoughts on James Bond? Cult- cultural icon James Bond? Famous ladies man James Bond? <laughs> any opinions on that guy? Or? I really didn't know it was books. I can't... <laughs> uh, movies, boring. Sorry. Um, I was in, when I was in high school, um, we were watching... Um, it was a... Uh, who's the guy? Rob Schneider. It was a Rob Schneider film. And they only realised halfway through, we can't show this to kids. I'm trying to remember what movie it was. And then they put us into Casino Royale instead. And I was like, oh, I miss all the funny accents that guy was doing. (laughs) I didn't know any better. (laughs) Put Rob Schneider back on. Did your teachers put Juice Bigelow male gigolo on? Yeah, it wasn't. It really wasn't far off. I think he was in prison. Does anyone know what... Big Stan. It was Big Stan. Oh, it was Big Stan. Okay, good. (laughs) That was eating you up inside. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) See, there is crossover between James Bond fans and Rob Schneider fans. Josh Josh has spent years going to podcasts hoping somebody will bring up Big... (laughs) Whatever Big Josh, whatever it is. Big Big Stan. Big Stan. Stan. And you'll never guess what happens to Rob Schneider in prison. (laughs) It aged really well, I'm sure. <laughs> Is that one of the teachers panicking? Just trying to turn yeah. it off? He learns karate. Okay. I have no memory of that. I mean, I guess they took us out. <laughs> so this one came out in 1963. So for time context, the first Sean Connery film, Dr. No, had come out the year before and been a massive, massive success. So he had to get a novel out quickly. In fact, uh, Fleming wrote the book in Jamaica whilst the first film in the uh, series... Dr. No was being filmed nearby. Pretty cool so fact. So he was hanging around. Yeah. Bumming he, around set. I don't know. Yeah, probably being a nightmare. Probably. <laughs> oh, but the book was also a big success, selling double the previous one, which was called The Spy Who Loved Me. Ian Fleming himself died of a heart attack just over oh, a year. Oh, that's what the Austin Power... Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is like when you see a meme on Twitter and you have to work your way backwards yeah. to figure out what the news is. Oh, I get it now. I get it. It's like All every right. episode of The Simpsons for the past like 20 years. Me going, oh. Uh, he died a year later from a heart attack. Uh, and was the, So this was the second last published in his lifetime. Ironically, the last was You Only Live Twice. Which is also the inspiration for The Simpsons episode, You Only Move Twice. Oh. With Hank, <laughs> with Hank Scorpio. I never knew that. An absolute top five episode. Uh, The last book that Ian Fleming wrote was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What a legacy. Wow. Uh, The book itself, uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, not Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, was adapted into a film in 1969 following Sean Connery's first retirement from the role. An Australian model, George Lazenby, was cast in the role of 007. His one and only movie. Mesa, how do you feel about George Lazenby? He's certainly a character, isn't he? If you've seen any interviews with that guy, he's a, just there's a lot of you know he's 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 spent the last sixty years just like sleeping with women in conventions, being like I was James Bond, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always start with the opening line, so here it is. It was one of those Septembers when it seemed that the summer would never end. Is really this, relatable. This, and yeah. we're off. Are you sure you're not reading Stand By Me? Is that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're off. James Bond is on a holiday on a beach in France and seeing all the kids and their families playing, it reminds him of his own childhood. This is a bit more of Ian Fleming's poetry here. It was all there. 
his own childhood spread out before him to have another look at. What a long time ago they were, those spade and bucket days. How far he had come since the freckles and the Cadbury milk chocolate flakes and the fizzy lemonade. (laughs) How many pussies he'd blown through. (laughs) (laughs) Right? There's all these women called spider pussy or something. (laughs) Spider pussy. Honestly, it's not that far off. I mean, we're like, oh, that's a good parody. The character is pussy galore. (laughs) That is a nicer name. (laughs) But don't worry, he's no longer a child, as the book soon tells us. Today, he was a grown-up. A man with years of dirty, dangerous memories. A spy. He was not sitting in this concrete hideout to sentimentalise about a pack of scrubby, smelly children on a beach scattered with bottle tops and lolly sticks and fringed by a sea thick with sun oil and putrid with the main drains of Royale. He was there. He had chosen to be here to spy. To spy on a woman. (laughs) I think he's having a mental breakdown, this guy. This is bad, I think. M just shows up and he's just in his little bunker. He's covered in Cadbury milk chocolate <laughs> wrappers and fizzy drinks. He's like, I can't do it anymore, M. I can't do it no more. You don't, yeah, there's not, not enough fizzy drinks and chocolate milk in the, in the movies. But <laughs> So he's there to spy on a woman, which sounds super creepy, and it sort of is. But uh, the woman he's watching over doesn't move. So as uh, other women walk past, he has time for other deep, deep thoughts like this. Why it was that French girls had more prominent navels than any others? Was it that French surgeons sought to add, even in this minute respect, in this minute respect, to the future sex appeal of girl babies? Wait, what? (laughs) There's a lot of people uh, with their their belly button out, and he's looking and going, French women have bigger belly buttons than, uh, than most others. Are surgeons doing this to them when they're babies? He is having an absolute breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these French unreal. women and their giant stomach holes. Yuck. <laughs> trying to tempt me, much like the fizzy drink, which I haven't touched. <laughs> so everyone leaves the beach at the end of the day, except one person. The last woman to get up is the lady that he's been watching. Eventually, she gets up and starts walking across the beach and out to sea, and James Bond gets up and instinctively follows her. Well, there's a woman, better stalk her. That's <laughs> what I do. It's in my DNA. Well, what if I told you someone then starts following him? And not just one person, but two. Both men wearing raincoats. Suspicious. But Bond doesn't notice them. It's only the girl he's worried about. And just as he gets close enough to yell out, Hey, Tracy! Uh, she turns around and he's, he's, he says, I was worried about you. What are you doing out here? What's the matter? But before she can answer, Bond hears a man's voice behind him say, Don't move or you'll get it in the back of the knee. (laughs) (laughs) This is good stuff, guys. This is a great opening scene. Uh, Bond turns around to see both men that had followed him are now pointing guns at him. No. No, can you believe? In the knee? In the knee. Yeah, yeah, they're aiming at his knee for some reason. Well, you can't recover your kneecap. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't realise you were a doctor. <laughs> you can't tell? <laughs> uh, then a boat soon arrives, and uh, both the girl and Bond are ordered onto the boat. Dad plays woman. <laughs> yes, she, I mean... <laughs> well... <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, we don't know. We actually don't know. <laughs> it is a woman. I can <laughs> confirm. I can confirm. Do but we know ha- anything about her navel? Yeah. <laughs> it's so sexy. <laughs> but who is this woman and where are they going on this boat? Well, we learn the answer to at least one of these things as Bond reflects in the boat over the last 24 hours that have led up to this mess. Flashback. Whoa. So this is a movie now? <laughs> yeah. This is a Christmas Bond film mm-hmm. with an Australian man. Australian man. Playing James Bond. Yeah, but they kind of... You could be making all this up. I yeah. would have no idea. I haven't heard of any of this. But they kind of cut this bit in the movie. Okay. We didn't think it was good. Good. Enough. Well, let's hear it. These days they'd bring it back in. They'd want that Cadbury sponsorship. Yeah, I think. for sure. <laughs> Kids would be sipping. <laughs> Kids do be sipping. That's true. Sipping. You know right I, mean? <laughs> I know a lot about kids. <laughs> so we flash back. A, da- a, da- a day earlier, Bond had been driving around in his Bentley, drafting in his mind his resignation letter to his boss, M. M's the boss. Do you know The that? lady. Yes. I watched one movie, there was a lady. <clears throat> Judy Dench. <laughs> yes. But, but, but before that, who's the guy that played him forever? Bernard something? Bernard Montgomery? Don't. Bernard something. Bernard something. Great. No one, anyone <laughs> with me? Josh? Big Stan? <laughs> I'm not sure if someone was suggesting Josh is the na- answer or saying, Josh will know this. Josh knows stuff. He only knows Rob Schneider films. <laughs> so, for the past, he's, he's drafting a letter to, to quit. Because for the last year or so, Bond had been inside to investigate Spectre. The criminal organisation led by a man called Ernst Stavro Blofeld, who's like a recurring baddie. Ooh. Yeah. He's, do- he's Dr. Evil, basically. Is he Russian? He's always Russian around doing crimes, yeah. I'll tell you, <laughs> tell you that much. Huh? huh? That's good stuff. That is, yeah. <laughs> if we just say it's good stuff, it becomes good stuff. That's funny. That was funny. <laughs> Thank you, Naomi. <laughs> so Let anyway, the record show that she gave a big thumbs up. <laughs> To indicate that was good stuff. You can't see that on the audio, but it was there. So Bond's been on the tail of this guy, Blofeld and Inspector, who's the same guy and organisation that Bond had taken out in an earlier mission in an earlier book called Operation Thunderball. Uh, but now Bond had been all over the world tracing down leads to see if the organisation and its leader still exist. And the new operation's called Operation Bedlam, but nothing's come up. And he's bored of this fruitless assignment and wants to move on. He's like, Blofeld's dead or something. <laughs> and, and I didn't get to kill him. I'm so mad. I'm kicking sand on the beach. You keep, being, you keep like being like you know sent to interview people called Blofeld, and I knock on their door, and they're like a little old man. Oh, <laughs> I'm bored. So he decided to quit. Wow. Uh, but Bond is brought back to reality uh, of driving his Bentley when a white Lancia Flam- Flaminia Zagato Spider, which is a type of car, Spider Pussy, <laughs> Spider Pussy. <laughs> It overtakes him at speed and, quote, and it was a girl driving. Okay. (laughs) And you've got to know, Naomi, this is from the book again, from Fleming, if there was one thing that set James Bond really moving in life, with the exception of gunplay, it was being passed at speed by a pretty girl. And it was his experience that girls who drove competitively like that were always pretty and exciting. That was me in my Uber. (laughs) (laughs) Except you were driving so slow. (laughs) So he gets overtaken, he takes off, he drives down and tries to race alongside her, but her car is smaller and faster on the small streets, not to mention she's a better driver than him and she's able to easily pull away. 
So he drove on to his destination. Uh, wow, who's this mysterious woman who can drive? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure we'll never hear from her again. <laughs> he drives to his destination, the Casino in Royale, which is the location of the book Casino Royale. <laughs> <laughs> can you believe it? He's back there. He goes there once a year. He goes back there. What the F? <laughs> <laughs> and he's hoping that he'll see this mysterious woman again, and you'll never believe it. He does. You'd think he wouldn't want to go back to Casino Royale. Remember that time they hit him in the balls with that big, <laughs> that big, like that big heavy weight? Yeah, did there? you get up to that bit in the classroom? Was your teacher panicking trying to turn it off before that bit? Yes, yeah, no, she pulled us out and then they took us into a movie called Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> that had a good ending. Yeah. <laughs> the boys what? love that one. <laughs> what an ending. <laughs> So he starts playing cards at the casino and Ian Fleming goes into incredible detail about everyone's hand in uh, Chemin de Fur, a card game like Baccarat that I do not know how to play. So this was a very confusing chapter for me. But he, he, <laughs> he breaks it down. Everyone's hand is described in minute detail. It takes a lot of pages. But what we do know is that Bond wins big. He makes a small fortune and everything's going great until a mysterious lady joins the game. The same woman who outdrove him on the streets. Her name is La Comtessa Teresa de Vincenzo, also known as Tracy. Which is good for me because I don't want to say that name a lot. So Tracy bets up big on the card game and loses. And things get awkward fast when it becomes obvious that she does not have the money to pay her debt. Uh-oh. Knowing that this could ruin the woman's reputation for life, Bond then pipes up to the dealer and says, oh, Forgive me, Madame has forgotten that we agreed to play in partnership this evening. And then he throws the money that she owes onto the table, which is a lot of money. He loses most wow. of his fortune, bailing her out. Chivalrous of him. What a nice guy. <laughs> he did it just for her, just, yeah. just so she could keep her social standing at Casino Royale. Yeah. No other reason. I just wanted to be clear. It's nothing to do with the, the cars and the horniness. It's just... Yeah, I'm just doing a favour. I don't care. A good guy. I'll probably never see this woman again until he approaches her moments later. Wait, do we know what she looks like? Surely they describe her. Uh, yeah, basically they're talking about her being attractive. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, now I can see it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you got to understand for me, Naomi, that's not her value for me, so I don't pay attention to any of that. <laughs> I, I see you don't f- see women. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see. No. Yeah. I'm looking at a blank space right now. And you're welcome. <laughs> so, he approaches uh, this lady and they discuss how she overtook him earlier in the car and she says coldly, "I would Always be able to beat you because you want to stay alive. Uh, <laughs> Did someone just say slay? <laughs> no, uh, it, was slay. it was the opposite. Lame. Lame. Uh. lame. <laughs> okay, so one for lame, one for slay. Uh, she tells him to visit her in a hotel room, which he does, and of course the two hook up. Uh, but it's clear that the girl is depressed or going through something and the next morning she slips away from the hotel. She does... Wait, this is from his point of view, right? From his point of view, yeah. Why didn't she stay? <laughs> yeah, she she must be sad about something else. She, she doesn't love me. There's something wrong with this woman. <laughs> she must be mentally ill. 
I mean, she sounds mentally ill, let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he finds her on the beach the next day and we catch up to where we were at the start of the book and uh, he's worried she's going to... Tracy. Tracy. <laughs> yeah, he's yelling out Tracy because he's like, why are you going out there? I think she's worried she's trying to drown herself I'm or here, something. I'm here, Tracy. You, you got lost, I think. I'm <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Tracy. <laughs> the beach is back that way. You're going the wrong way. And that's when they were both kidnapped and put on a boat and boat, uh, Bond is soon taken off the boat and put on the back of a truck. Which is revealed in to be... In the ocean? No, off the boat, oh, onto the land, okay. in the back of a truck. Okay. And he's worried, he's like, what's going on? But it's soon revealed to be the office of Mark Ange Draco, head of the Union Corsa, the Corsian Mafia, the biggest European crime syndicate. Stop it. What is happening? <laughs> Mark Ange Draco is cool and uh, and a cool and a cool and calm man who does not panic even when Bond reveals he's got a hidden knife. <laughs> wait, the, wait, the head of a crime syndicate? Yeah, he's like doesn't panic when one person says they have a knife. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> he, damn, Bond's like damn. That's the best I had. Like, the hidden knife bit. He's called my bluff. Oh crap. He apologises to Bond and tells, so sorry I kidnapped you here, but uh, I don't want to hurt you. I just want to have a meeting with you. You see, Mark Ange is Tracy's father. Tracy, the woman from the beach. Who's Mark Ange? The, uh, the head of the mafia. Yep. <laughs> okay. We're building a picture. We're building a, a mind map. Yeah, we're, we're getting through the situation. Yeah. He's, he's heard that Bond rescued her at the casino by bailing her out, and he's very thankful. Tracy, he tells Bond, has had a hard time of late. When her mother died, she went off the rails and started partying with socialites around the world. Now, probably at Christmas time. Yes. Yeah, we go. Yeah, I brought it back around. Yeah, thank you. I felt, I felt the theme was flagging a little bit, don't so worry. I should. Don't worry. Someone's going to say the word Christmas thirty times coming okay, up. Right. <laughs> in, in one paragraph. Oh, this the, the Bond goes on an unhinged rant. He's like, Christmas, 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 and Cadbury and fizzy drinks. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> he has a full breakdown. So Mark Hunter's like, now my, my daughter's depressed. Uh, she's off the rails. I'm not sure what to do. So he asks Bond if he will marry her. <laughs> Perfect solution to the problem. I think you will all agree. Wait, what was the problem? She's depressed. <laughs> and, that, and the thing that fixes depression is a man. A man. <laughs> no, and marriage. Notably. A man <laughs> yeah. with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, what? What are you talking about? She doesn't need me. She needs like care and a psychologist. But Mark Arns tells him, I'll give you one million pounds if you marry her right now. That's a lot back then. Which, yeah, back then. Is, it's, like, it's like 25 million pounds or something I think I worked out. It's a lot of money. And he also says you'll give it to him in gold, which sounds inconvenient. But <laughs> Bond refuses. He says, I like Tracy. I'd like to see her again if she chooses to. But... Um, she has to get better another way. She has to see, you know... This doesn't sound like James Bond to me. It's surprisingly progressive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, if she, sees this, if she starts feeling better and she wants to hang out, I'll hang out with her, whatever. And Mark Arndt is like, you're a good man. That's all good. <laughs> you're free to go. Anyway, back to my mafia stuff, <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> but he says, I owe you for being so nice to her already, for battling her out. If there's anything I can do with my connections, then please let me know. And Bond's like... There actually is something. Can you tell me, is a man called Ernst Stavro Blofeld still alive and where can I find him? So Mark Arndt, the mafia boss, puts in some calls and reveals that Blofeld is still alive. 
He's Living. gone to the Maya Christmas display. <laughs> <laughs> He's just hanging out there. And you'll be able to catch him as well because that line is crazy. Man, that's <laughs> right. It's entrancing He's over like, there. Oh, I just want to see a Christmas carol. <laughs> oh, it's Frozen themed. Is it Frozen this oh, year? I haven't seen it. Yet. Anyone know the what's the theme this year? Disney. Hundred years of Disney. Oh, that sounds corporate, doesn't it? Fuck, they got their <laughs> they got their fingers everywhere, don't they? Yeah, oof. He's not at the My Christmas Windows. He's living somewhere in <laughs> Switzerland. But we, he can't be sure where. But that's good enough for Bond. Knowing that his old enemy is still out there, he's happy to keep searching for him. If I keep doing laps, I'll kill him eventually. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> give me something to do. Switzerland's not that big. So he goes out with Tracy again. They have a great time. Bond then heads back to London where he gets another tip on Blofeld's whereabouts. <laughs> Uh, sorry, my Swiss accent coming in there. Uh, from the College of Arms, who are the people that rule over titles like barons and stuff like that, and they rule on family coats of arms and British lineage and other class-based bullshit. But Bond goes to the College of Arms and gets his ear chewed off by a guy who works there and chats to him about famous Bonds that he might be related to. He's like, oh, you might be related to uh, Sir Thomas Bond. Here's his family crest. The motto is, the world is not enough. That's the name of one of the movies. Which later becomes a not-so-great Pierce Brosnan movie. So yeah, it's a bad movie. It's, a bad it's bad not movie. a good one. It's not a good one. So anyway, there's a little, little reference for the Bond fans. Naomi, you of course get that one. Yeah, whenever I made that sound, I was like, I know why they're doing that. <laughs> Across it all. <laughs> But uh, the man who gives Bond the most valuable information about where his enemy is is the incredibly named a guy called Sable Basilisk. Oh, that's <gasps> great. That's like very the snake. Yeah, which, which is one of the uh, <laughs> best names I've ever come across. Why isn't he in the movies? He might explain it in a second. It's probably a bad Isn't bloke. this a movie? This oh. is a movie. I think they amalgamate his character into someone else, oh. which is disappointing. And I think, that was, I, I think that's bad writing to write out Sable Basilisk. But Basilisk tells Bond that Blofeld... He's over there. <laughs> yeah. Have you checked in this cupboard? Has assumed the, the title... He says, he's assumed the title of Comte Balthazar de Bleuville. Okay? Bleuville. <laughs> Which apparently is the French way of saying Blofeld. Uh. He has contacted the College of Arms looking for confirmation on his title based on his heritage and has asked the college to declare him the reigning count. He wants a worker there to help prove his rightful claim to the title. So they always slip up, these guys. Yeah. They, they're staying underground, but then they want to confirm their royal title yeah. based on their French ancestry. Every, every goddamn time, oh, no. these guys. It is you know, a little bit like, okay, I guess an international mastermind would do this. Bond see th- sees this as his best shot at Blofeld and Sable Basilis advises that Bond should be able to get close to his enemy through his snobbery and vanity. He clearly desperately wants legitimacy through his title. Wait, so this guy's just like, here's how you can kill him? He's like, oh, if you pretend to be someone else from Why the Why is he helping him? Oh, because uh, James Bond works for the British government. Oh, okay, sorry, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's real bad. He's a real baddie. Okay. Real baddie. Sable Basilisk tells him that sometimes personal visits and physical inspections of applicants are needed to prove that they are related to an important heritage. For example, they all might have a similar-looking nose or the same hereditary uh, blood disease. Or in the case of Blofeld's, portraits of many family members are shown to have no earlobes. 
Wait, so you're going to show up and be like, oh, I can tell you have the same blood disease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ha- you, can I look at your ears? Yep, they're also a bit strange. Yep, fantastic. <laughs> you are the rightful count. I'm just going to go through this freak checklist for you. <laughs> no, no earlobes, weird nose. Yeah, no, this checks out. Yeah. Can I cut you, see how you bleed? No. <laughs> if you prick me, do I not bleed? So the plan is that Bond will assume the identity of a real College of Arms worker, a Scottish man named Sir Hilary Bray. He will contact Blofeld and ask for a personal meeting in Switzerland, which needs to be physically face-to-face. And then if he can, get Blofeld to agree to come to a neighbouring country so that Bond can kidnap him. (gasps) Bond knows he'll be too hard to capture in his own hideout in Switzerland. So that's the plan. M, Bond's boss, approves the plan and to put Blofeld at ease, it's decided that it will be announced that the mission to find him, Operation Bedlam, will be shut down once and for all. But instead, a new code word for the operation, known only to an essential handful of senior officers, is issued. The new super-secret operation is called Corona. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. What did Ian Fleming know? What did he know? What a guy. So it's Corona and Bond is hot on the trail. And Blofeld, the bad guy, through his vanity and snobbery, takes the bait. He agrees to meet with this man, Sir Hilary Bray, whom he doesn't know is actually secretly James Bond. Have they met before at this point? Are they? No, I don't think they've ever seen each other face to face. But also now he's an Australian. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Now, now he's an Australian pretending to be Scottish. And yeah. Before, it was a Scottish person pretending to be English. So, that's well, confusing. Australian pretending to be British, pretending to be... Yeah. Yeah, oh my God. Swiss? I got lost along the way again. So, anyways, but Bond has to do his homework, homework so he can pass as the expert on titles and family trees and all that sort of stuff. Also, to avoid suspicion, he travels completely unarmed without any gadgets or anyone following him. What about I'm a out. knife? Oh. No knife. Wow. He's knife free. Huh. Did he have a knife last time or was his weapon just saying he had a knife? Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> he's, a, he's a liar. <laughs> I okay, Bond, this time you're not even allowed to say that you've got a knife <laughs> for security purposes. We're doing it clean. <laughs> if someone asks you, do you have a knife, you have to say no. <laughs> All right. So he's completely alone out there. He flies to Switzerland and is picked up by a helicopter that flies him high up into the Swiss Alps to a so-called research facility. That's the home of chocolate. Oh. Yeah. What about fizzy drinks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he flies to a so-called research facility where the man he suspects as being Blofeld is hiding out. It's a place called Piz Gloria. <laughs> a bit of fun. <laughs> it's very remote. But when does she come in? <laughs> Pussy Claw's friend, Piz Gloria. Piz Gloria. <laughs> so this, this place is... Uh, it's all very, right, grow yeah. up, all of you. <laughs> grow up. It's very remote, but it's covered in snow and also acts as a wealthy resort for skiers. You so. said that with such disdain. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you touch your nose? Is that yeah. What's going uh, on here? Yeah, that looks sus, sus, but it was, it was genuinely itchy. It was genuinely itchy. Wealthy skiers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> They love a bit of snow, if you know what I mean. Uh, but when James gets there... Wait, he admi- was that you actually scratching your nose? Because yeah, that was, it was. crazy. <laughs> it, it genuinely was. And now I'm having a genuine drink of my water. <laughs> if you know what I mean. 
So Bond, he gets there. He immediately suspects that all of the workers are spectre agents. Uh, the waiters, the ski instructors, the chefs all seem a little too tough for his liking. So the guy's like, lobster, sir? And he's like, check out the biceps on that man. He's no waiter. <laughs> I think that's very disrespectful <laughs> to service workers, quite frankly. Uh, no offence to the b- guy behind the bar. You've got massive guns, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Bond is greeted by a short, angry German woman called Irma Bunt. <laughs> who... <laughs> goes crazy with the names. Yeah, he loves them. He has so much fun. She acts as his guide and the intermediary between uh, the Count, a.k.a. Blofeld, and Bond, a.k.a. Sir Hilary Bray, who will meet together the next day. But before that, he's introduced to the ten girls who are living in the research facility. <gasps> Uh-oh. All young and attractive British or Irish women. Yeah. This, this, chap- this chapter... <laughs> Let's is- introduce him. <laughs> Come on, bring him out. <laughs> This chapter is called Ten Gorgeous Girls. <laughs> so they are girls, not women. <laughs> According to Fleming, yeah. Bond learns that they all suffer allergies or aversions to livestock like chickens and cows. And they all come from farming backgrounds, so this is highly inconvenient. They all have the same blood disease. <gasps> they, really, they all have weird noses. <laughs> So they've come to this facility for treatment after answering ads in the newspaper and now the mysterious Count is curing them of their phobias and their allergies. The girls are not allowed any communication with the outside and Irma Bunt, the German woman, frequently reminds them that they're not allowed to use any surnames or talk about their backgrounds at all, especially to this newcomer, Hilary Bray, aka James Bond. Imagine having so much free time you can just be like, I'm going to go up to a mountain in the Swiss Alps to deal with my allergy to cows or whatever. Just, God, I wish I had that time. Yeah. <laughs> By answering an ad in a yes. newspaper and not being suspicious in any way. <laughs> oh, you wish you were sick? Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> They'd love to be driving trams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty good. <laughs> the next day, Bond goes to meet the Count, whom he believes to be Blofeld, but when the two meet, Bond does not recognise him as Blofeld. He's about the same height as he's supposed to be from his file, but looks completely different to what's expected. This new Blofeld is much slimmer and his face looks incredibly different as well. His ears now stick out and incredibly, he has no earlobes at all. (gasps) It's Chopper Reed. (laughs) (laughs) Bond's in trouble. That guy's actually tough. (laughs) (laughs) G'day, Bond. (laughs) Apart from his height, the only thing that possibly matches his file are his eyes. But even they're obscured as the man he's looking at is wearing green contact lenses, which he helps, which he claims help with the reflection of the sun off the snow. But eventually, Bond takes this as a kind of confirmation as it being Blofeld, because even the best plastic surgeons in the world can't really change your eyes. So wearing the contact lenses is seen as sus to Bond. He's like, everything else, he could have had liposuction, he could have had his ears operated on, but his eyes? <laughs> you can't do anything with eyes, according to Ian Fleming. I don't know if you can. <laughs> Bond does a good job of staying undercover and convinces Blofeld to let him stay to continue his research into his background, and Bond also, also suggests that it would help if Blofeld himself accompanied out of Switzerland into another country. He's non-committal to this, but he truly believes that Bond is Sir Hilary Bray. So he's doing good. 
<laughs> have we got to, we, every now and then you got to stop and be like, he's doing a good job. <laughs> but Bond Wait, is so con- now he just has to convince this guy. To, yeah, come with me. To just leave the country. Yeah. The guy who has, just has ten girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's, and he's, Bond doesn't know what the treatment is yet. They're all very secretive about their treatment. But Bond has convinced this man who looks nothing like Blofeld is indeed him because Spectre trademarks are all over the place. Uh, chapter 11 is called Death for Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I no was like, else. which is that? Is that a, another Pierce Brosnan one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I just love it. It's just like, you know, nothing is subtle in this book in any way. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, one day a man apparently suffers an accident when he supposedly falls onto a bobsled track and then his body just goes down the track. <laughs> And he dies after it hits 70 miles per hour and it suffers an awful death and Bond's like, that is classic Spectre. Mm. They that's, that's not cool runnings at all, yeah. I would say. <laughs> it's the opposite of Very that. Very uncool runnings, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And you're never going to believe this, guys, but Bond gets close to one of the 10 gorgeous girls. What? Her name is Ruby, and she has a phobia of chickens. <laughs> Even though her family owns a chicken farm. <laughs> uh, one day they get uh, talking over their, their meals. He, Bond has meals with the. He's the having death for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, she's eating chicken, and he's like, amazing. This woman's scared of chicken, and she's eating chicken. This Blofeld's doing, doing amazing work. One day, there's a bit of a joke from the writer Ian Fleming because they talk about all the famous people at the resort and someone says, look over there, that's the famous film star, Ursula Andress, who is the first ever James Bond girl in Doctor No that had come out the year before. So, a bit of an in-joke there. Classic. (laughs) Classic stuff. Did they explain the breaking continuity there that she was in the movie Doctor No? Yeah, they do say that. Okay, good. Fleming breaks it down for anyone who doesn't get the show. So, in this universe, she wasn't in the movie Doctor No. She wasn't. What movie was she in? Uh, Mr. No. Oh. Who is even better? He's a surgeon. (laughs) So. (laughs) Bond gets close to Ruby, who, remember, thinks he is Sir Hilary Bray. She gets him alone and goes against the rules and confesses her surname is Windsor. She asks Bond if there's a chance she is related to the royal family, who are also Windsors. He humours her and says yes, and the two kiss, even though he thinks there's absolutely no way this woman is related to the royal family. I mean, she has that disorder where she can't sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's... Maybe that's related. We, che- we check that box. He says, look, when I get back, I'll be able to get a full chart of your family tree. No worries, I'll send that to you. Actually, what are the other surnames of all the women here? I'll be able to get, as a gift, I'll be able to give them a, a family tree to all of them. Just tell me their surnames and where they're from. Really, he just wants information about who they are. And uh, Ruby's like, yeah, I <laughs> no, know. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> and Ruby's like, yeah, sure, I'll tell you all their surnames and where they're from. So Bond, he writes it down. 
Uh, but he uses secret ink to discreetly write their names on a blank page in a passport. It's piss, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, what, what kind of ink do you reckon he uses? It's piss. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> Quote, there are hundreds... You clearly got that children's book of spycraft <laughs> when you were a kid. <laughs> Just write in piss, it says. Piz Gloria or whatever. <laughs> There are, this is from the book. There are hundreds of secret inks, but there was only one available to Bond. The oldest one in the world. His own urine. Absolutely. Wow. Nailed wow. it. I always thought I'd be good at espionage. Well done. <laughs> so do, you think, do you think that's the only time uh, anyone in this building has applauded piss? Or? I mean, probably not, no. honestly. There's no yeah. way. This no. is a comedy festival venue, yeah, so absolutely around. not. No. <laughs> In fact, uh, we're obligated to applaud piss, and I, we've ticked that off now, so thank you so much. So he pisses all over his passport and writes down their names. Is, that, is that a direct yeah. quote from the he book? He goes in there. He, pisses, he, he showers it in piss. And the next night, he sneaks out of his room into Ruby's and quietly joins her in her bed. He can't remember nine, ten names? No, yeah, he's a spy. And he can't remember nine names. He's, but he can remember how to piss. <laughs> so he spends the thank night. God. Thank God. He spends the night with Ruby in her in her bed, but they fall asleep. And at midnight, a bell sounds, and Ruby rises in her bed for what she calls, "Oh, it's only my treatment," and a slow metronome. <laughs> a sl- that passive aggressive. Yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, I just have to go do my treatment for my phobia. <laughs> and a, me- a metronome starts playing, and a voice is heard on a speaker. It's the Count's voice saying, "You are going to sleep." You are as soft and sleepy as a chicken in a nest. A dear little chicken, fluffy and cuddly. You would like to make pets of all of them. You would like them to grow up beautiful and strong. You would like no harm to come to them. Soon you will be going back to your darling chickens. Soon you will be able to look after them again. Soon you will be able to help all the chickens of England. (laughs) It's super duper weird, but Bond realises that Blofeld is hypnotising these girls, but why? I mean, to help with the chicken, no? Yeah, yeah it seems mostly <laughs> he chicken He could just based. be sincerely helping I these women. He's sincerely helping this time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing something nice for a change, Bond. <laughs> Maybe you could try that, Bond. <laughs> but he might not have time to find out as he hoped because the next day, Bond again has a meeting with the Count Echo Blofeld and everything's going well until two henchmen bring in a man who was trespassing on the property. And the man is, uh, has been beaten up and he, they, the henchmen throw him on the floor in front of Blofeld and say, this guy claimed to be a tourist, but so we find it, found him hiding out on the chairlift trying to break in. And Blofeld's super suspicious, but Bond recognises the bloody man on the floor. Is it Felix Leiter? No, I'm afraid not. It's a man <laughs> called Number Two. <laughs> uh, real name, Sean Campbell. Number two is much more fun. Number two looks up. He's been beaten up. He's got a bloody face and he looks up and he sees... Sean Campbell, after every name you've read out. I know. Sean Sean Campbell. I've got a passport full of piss and I've got number two. I've got everything I need to bust this case wide open. Grow up. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Naomi. Disgusting. But Campbell looks up and he sees James Bond and recognises him and he says, Thank God, James, tell him it's me. Tell him I'm from Universal Export, which is the fake company that they all pretend to work for. In Zurich, you know, for God's sake, James, tell him that I'm okay. But not wanting to blow his cover, Bond says, I have no idea who this man is or what he's talking about. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolute dog. <laughs> Which uh, Bond knows is, is basically giving the man a death sentence. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> num- number two is taken away. Uh, Bond is sure... Dude, I've only slept with one of these ten women. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me some time by being killed. <laughs> well, he, he's like, I'm sure he's going to get tortured and eventually the truth will come out. How long will it take before this man cracks? How long will it take before he reveals that I'm James Bond? It's getting hot. Probably pretty quickly after yeah. what he just did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. So Bond's like, I better find an escape route and fast, but there's a snowstorm going on outside. And the only way to escape, he thinks, is on skis. <laughs> so he gathers supplies, he gets some goggles together, he, uh, he gets his thickest clothes, he puts them all on. He makes makeshift knuckle dusters by putting his Rolex on his, on his fist. And then, Hell yeah. Hell, you know. And at night he... he just bra- dude stuff. Just, yeah, dude, just yeah, doing dude stuff, just you know? Just a normal Sunday yeah. afternoon. He t- so he sneaks out of his room that night when the snow storm... Uh, snow storm. Uh, which is what they call them in Switzerland. Uh, when they, it passes and he takes out one of the guards with his knuckle dusters. He knocks him out. He, he then hears on the radio that they're about to send people to take out James Bond in 10 minutes. So he was only 10 minutes away from being taken out. Wow. Uh, he steals some skis from the ski room and quietly takes off into the freezing pitch black night. But he hasn't skied since he was a child, so he's not very good. And he knows the ski instructors will soon be on his tail. And he knows they're coming for him. <laughs> not the ski instructors. Yeah. The ski instructors, who I assume know what they're doing. They're going to critique my form. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to recommend I go on the bunny slope. Yeah. This is going to be so embarrassing. Yeah. You are not ready for the red slope. But flares are fired into the air with, on a parachute, which light Sorry, up. I'm just imagining him just like doing the like triangle with the skis, just, yeah. just all the way down. All the way down. <laughs> but lucky he has his cufflinks, which he's fashioned into ninja stars. <laughs> so they fire these um, lights into the sky, these flares to light up, light up the night so they can find him. And he's like, oh, no. But then he, he notices they also fire some fireworks into the sky, which he thinks is cover for the people in the town down below so they don't think, oh, what are these flares all about? And then he says, but of course, it was Christmas Eve. Yay! <laughs> we got there. Whoa, I forgot. <laughs> and it says, God rest ye, merry gentlemen, let nothing ye dismay. Okay, that song fucking slaps. <laughs> Do you know that song? <laughs> Yeah. It's spooky. <laughs> Sorry, I really like that song. <laughs> I reckon it's bigger than Christmas. Uh, bon skis, skis hissed an accompaniment as he zigzagged fast down the beautiful snow slope. White Christmas. Well, he'd certainly get himself that. Remember, it's a Christmas episode, everyone. <laughs> They didn't see one. <laughs> I touched my nose. Oh. The podcast should know right. as well. <laughs> so he, he skis on like there's no tomorrow into some trees uh, because an avalanche starts coming after him, set off by the... Uh... Oh, actually, I missed the bit where they fired a grenade at him. Fired? <laughs> set off by a grenade. Right. They fire a grenade at him. It causes... It. I'm... I've got, to, I've got really got to pick up the pace here. Basically, it starts an avalanche. He just gets away. 
He, and he's on his back. He's like, thank God I just got away. And he drinks his flask. I reckon they just should have fired the grenade at him. They missed. Oh. Can you believe it? They <laughs> suck. Should have a grenade launcher instructor on there to instruct the skiing instructors about their grenade launcher. So he's on his back. He's like passed out from the avalanche almost. He's like, oh. He grabs his flask and, quote, if he ever needed a drink, it was now. He, he tilted the little flask, flask. He's always slightly drunk, but now it's time to be extra drunk. I cannot tell you how much he drinks in this book. Every scene, he's just drinking. He tilted the little flask down his throat, emptied it, and threw the bottle away. Happy Christmas, he said to himself. Remember, it's a Christmas episode. So he, It feels a little bit like his publisher reminded him it was a Christmas book. <laughs> about, halfway about, about halfway through, and he's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> He gives for Christmas. He killed the guy in a real Christmassy way, <laughs> with a string of lights or something. I don't know. He decides to hide in a. So he gets into town. He runs away. He decides to hide in a Christmas party that's taking place in town, but it's fancy dress and Bond doesn't have a costume. So the man on the door gives him a black mask and says, "Now you are the gangster, the spy. Yes. Wow. <laughs> if only he knew." <laughs> Uh, Bond goes inside and he's so tired he falls asleep at the party and someone wakes him up and says hey we're counting down to Christmas it's almost midnight and he's like piss off I'm tired is but this what they do in Switzerland? yeah I guess so they count down and at midnight they play they don't have carols by candlelight? <laughs> <laughs> what is Carl Stefanovic doing on a Swiss Christmas? <laughs> but then a, a woman comes along and wakes him up Kate it's Sobrano? Kate Sobrano. They couldn't afford Kate. Oh. You're never going to believe it. It's Tracy. Oh. The fast-driving woman Tracy from the... Tracy Grimshaw. St- yeah. <laughs> Local references. Local references. Yeah, they love that. They love that overseas. They love... So uh, Tracy's like, my dad, I was worried about you. My dad, the gangster, told me you were somewhere in Switzerland in this town. I came to find you and I found you. Let's go. I've got the getaway car out the front. And then they go for another high-speed getaway. And uh, they get away from the, the crims are on their tail. Uh, Bond gets to a bridge and there's a sign saying, bridge this way, don't drive this way. And he, Coyote... Uh, coyote wa- Ugly. Wa- yeah. <laughs> no, well, coyote Ugly's it. Yeah, he, coyote, he gets on the bar. No, Wally Coyote style, he flips the arrow over. And then the bad guys accidentally drive off with the bit where there's no bridge and they drive off a cliff and die. So... <laughs> <laughs> Just like in Coyote Ugly. <laughs> My favourite film. <laughs> so that night they, uh, they get to Zurich and they spend the night in the hotel and this chapter is called Love for Breakfast. Aww. <laughs> and then uh, this is a quote from the book. Bond suddenly thought, hell, I'll never find another girl like this one. <laughs> for a variety of reasons yeah. that I will not explain She's the well, one for me I think say, uh, She's got everything I've ever looked for in a woman She's beautiful in bed and out <laughs> I, th- I was going to skip over that bit But you made me read it <laughs> He says She's adventurous, brave, resourceful She's exciting always She seems to love me <laughs> Bond found in his I voice ca- I can't do the same I have no emotions of any kind But uh <laughs> For some reason, when she's around, I don't notice the big black hole inside of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then 
Bonds found in his voice saying those words that he had never said in his life before, ne- never expected to say, Tracy, I love you. Will you marry me? <gasps> the word specifically, Tracy, will you marry me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've asked so many people, never Tracy. <laughs> I've written it on my hand. It just says insert name here. Will you marry me? <laughs> She says yes, and now Bond and Tracy are engaged. Uh, ah. Wait, did she like sort out her issues, or he just doesn't care about that anymore? Yeah, in the few days since they've seen each other, she seems to have sorted it all out. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> they decide they'll get married in a week or so in the, the in the early New Year, but Bond has to get back to London to report back to his old boss M on Christmas Day. He M is, a, <laughs> is he is he is he getting double time and a half for Christmas Day? Or? Of course. Yeah, it's a, it's union job, so I imagine. <laughs> M is a cynical old man and not keen on Christmas, but is due to have lunch with an old colleague called Mr. Hammond. M says to Bond, "Fred, we've got to go through the turkey and plum pudding routine. Mrs. Hammond's been brooding over her pots and pans for weeks. Damn sentimental rubbish. <laughs> so Bond, M and his old friend Hammond go into the dining room for lunch and M sees something he doesn't like. He says, what the hell are these things I doing? I thought M was a lady. Uh, in the book, it, sorry, this in this book, the it's 60s. a man. Yeah, I'm You're so right. sorry, everyone. <laughs> they but didn't either, have ladies either back way, I imagine Judy Dench would hate Christmas as well. So M says, "What the hell are these things doing here?" He pointed at the centre of the table. Hammond says, "They're Christmas crackers." Mrs. Hammond thought that seeing as you have company, and then M interrupts her and says, "Throw them out. Give them to the school children." I'll go so far with Mrs. Hammond, but I'll be damned if I'm going to have my dining room turned into a nursery. <laughs> With Christmas crackers. What a grinch. Whoa. That's old Geronimo. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing I can name that Judy Dench has done is the character from Cats, who was also a boy. Isn't that crazy? The more you know. Yeah. I'll be quiet for a while, probably. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you that they have Christmas lunch, including Christmas pudding. And they have a great feast, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So they don't open the Christmas crackers. No, he throws them away. So they, they bring up Christmas crackers and then they don't open the Christmas <laughs> they do not. crackers. What's he going to do without the, the bloody nail clippers that'll break apart? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> I would have thought Bond got most of his jokes out of the Christmas cracker, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really his style, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they get down to business and Bond tells him everything about Blofeld, what's going on. He's like, he's hypnotising these women for some reason, but I can't put my finger on it. Maybe, like Naomi said, he's just doing it out of the kindness of his own, kindness of his own heart. But surely not. Surely. Not bloody likely. A, represent- <laughs> <laughs> a representative... Now that's editorialising <laughs> on your part, Dave. Yeah, that's, absolutely, I, that's, that's my words, not his. Uh, a representative from the Ministry of Agriculture called Franklin comes in and they apologise to him for ruining his Christmas. This is mostly where the 30 Christmases are in this chapter. <laughs> it's mostly saying people, to people, sorry, I ruined your Christmas. He comes in and says, you know what? Britain is going through a turkey shortage right now. In the couple of months before Christmas, three million turkeys have had to be killed because of a disease that's been spreading amongst them. And then they work out that the one woman who had left her early from the hypnosis program in Switzerland had also worked on a turkey farm. And they work out that Blofeld is hypnotising these women to introduce biological agents that will spread quickly amongst livestock, <gasps> which will quick, quick... Operation Corona! Yes! <laughs> which will quickly kill millions of animals and bring Britain's economy to its knees. So this whole book is basically about killing turkeys and ruining it's Christmas. It's about bird flu. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. And then when... 
And then when someone says, yeah, he's really killed all the turkeys, M mutters, thank God, because he hates turkeys in Christmas. What, what do what? you like, Em? Yeah. What do you he like? like this guy's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, Bond has his piss-filled passport with <laughs> all the hypnotised women's names on them so, he can, so they can be intercepted as soon as they arrive home on uh, British and Irish soil. Wait, wait, so, Sorry, so, I was so caught up. What's the point of the killing th- all the turkeys? So, uh, so basically, he's going to try and ruin all of the farming industry in the UK. And, and all the Christmases. To what, create a monopoly on turkeys? Yeah, yeah. basically, so I think it's to okay. ruin, the ruin the British economy because he's a bad guy. This is just the plot of Goldfinger, except instead of irradiating gold, he's killing all, killing the, all the turkeys. And, and then he actually has a secret supply of like one million turkeys. turkeys yeah. And if you want turkey, you're going to have to come to me. Mm. Well, that's what I... Sh- but you're just saying you just did it. No, I think why he's just... Doesn't, why doesn't he just introduce... Poisoning the humans. Sorry. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Man. No, that that w- that would be real Operation Corona. This is the the turkey-based Corona, okay? So, but the, the good news is that Bond's got all their names. So when they arrive home, they're immediately intercepted and put into. So quarantine. wait, is the turkey lady different from the chicken lady? They different ladies. They are different ladies. Yeah, they're different okay, ladies. Yeah, okay, there's, there's ladies. someone who works on a cow farm, and there's someone who works with sheep and all this sort of stuff. And so he's going to ruin it all. Ruin it all, and wow. they've been hypnotised to like get close to the animals and like spray them with something. Wow. It's not the so best James Bond <laughs> plot. I'll give you that. Ian you Fleming that. was like, okay, Christmas thing. He's going to ruin the Christmas ham. Christmas, yeah, <laughs> turkey ham, whatever. <laughs> We're going to get all the uncles in the world to say something racist around the dinner table. (laughs) 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 So the only thing left to do... So the the women are going to be intercepted, so the the plan will be foiled. But the only thing left to do is go after Blofeld himself, which M gives Bond permission to do. But he doesn't want to go alone, so he goes back to see Mark Ange, the gangster and soon-to-be father-in-law that he met at the start of the book. Uh, Mark Arndt is stoked that Bond's about to marry into the family and he's like, whatever you need. And he's like, I need some men to come take out this guy Blofeld. So they get into a helicopter and they go up there to take him out. And as soon as they get out, they start firing at each other with machine guns. But then Bond sees on the horizon... A bit um, dramatic if you ask me, but yeah. right. settle down. This is less dramatic. Bond sees in the distance a man, clumsy in bobsleigh helmet and padding, running down the path towards the cable station. It's Blofeld. Oh, my God. He's making a run for it. <laughs> and he looks stupid doing yeah. it. Yeah. He's organised the ultimate escape route, the bobsled course. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is cool runnings. Here we go. Yeah. So Bond runs after him and he goes to the shed where they store all the stuff. He grabs his own one-man skeleton bobsled. Union Jack has got a Union Jack on it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's imagine it That's does. That's the parachute. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. He heads straight onto the course in hot pursuit and he quickly reaches speeds of 70 miles per hour and he can't slow down and only narrowly stays on the course over... These are some of the, the corners. Dead Man's Leap. Whiz Bang Straight. <laughs> and The Bone Shaker. He catches up to Blofeld and pu- pulls out his gun and fires, but Blofeld drops a grenade. It explodes... <laughs> Just as Bond gets near it and he is blown off the course and only just survives when he lands on soft snow, but Blofeld gets away. I didn't <gasps> think this international terrorist would have access to explosives. This <laughs> Damn it! Fuck it, my old plan. What's he doing? <laughs> if only he'd been able to bring his knife. <laughs> 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 
he's yell, he yells out, I've got a knife! <laughs> but So Blofeld gets away, but his operation has been foiled. All the hypnotised women have been detained. And uh, Mark Arndt, his men take out all of Blofeld's hen- henchmen. Basically, the operation's over. So his enemy's gotten away, but Bond's got bigger things to worry about. His wedding, which takes place on January the 1st. <laughs> he now gets 10 days leave. This is the end of another chapter of his duties, as Mark Ange puts it, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the title of the book. <laughs> we love when they do that. But uh, he's got his wedding, but uh, he's so distracted that he doesn't notice... The woman on the other side of the street, a squat, toad-like figure (laughs) in a frousty, dark, green, lodden cloak. So someone's following him and he doesn't notice. I don't remember Uh doing that. (laughs) (laughs) A squat, toad-like figure. (laughs) I have body dysmorphia. (laughs) That's what I see. That's my reality. Because there's a clinic in Switzerland if you'd like to... (laughs) Pop over there. <laughs> so they get married. It's a lovely day. Mark Arns, the father-in-law, tries to give Bond the million pounds in gold, but he's like, nah, I'm going to be fine. Uh, and the dad's like, but my daughter, she's used to the finer things. How will you look after her with your public servant salary? I've been embezzling from MI6 yeah. for years. <laughs> well, he says that to a man who drives a Bentley and wears a Rolex. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be fine. So they get married. It's lovely. Every time they give me one of those fancy gadgeted Rolexes, I go down to cash converters <laughs> and I sell it and I say that I lost it. <laughs> So they drive off in Tracy's car. She's driving. It's covered in flowers. Has just married. They hit the autobahn with Tracy driving. And Bond kind of notices an open top Maserati near them, but doesn't think too much of it. Tracy says, there's a red car coming up fast behind. Do you want me to lose him? No, said Bond. Let him go. We've got all the time in the world. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. As the car drives past... We're never going to die, James. (laughs) We will live forever. Nothing will spoil this. Perfect ending to a book. As the car drives past, an automatic weapon is fired at them from the Maserati, shattering the windscreen. Bond looks over to see Blofeld and Irma Bunt, the short, angry German woman, speeding past. Tracy and Bond's car crash off the road and Bond passes out. When he comes to, a German police officer is standing over him and the wrecked car. Tracy's face is buried in the ruins of the steering wheel. That's a quote from the book. (laughs) Bond puts his arm around her and turns to the officer and says, It's all right. It's quite all right. She's having a rest. (laughs) We'll be going on soon. It's meant to be sad, guys. (laughs) It's meant to be sad. He says, There's no hurry. You see, we've got all the time in the world. The end. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Uh, Just to confirm, uh, he's been married for about eight minutes and then his wife is dead. (laughs) How do we feel? (laughs) That's so funny. Because I didn't, again, I'm not, obviously I'm not an expert on the Bond franchise, but I think it's cool the creative ways he comes up with for James Bond to be a stand-up guy but still be able to smash as many women <laughs> as he can. Yeah. I, well, I was faithful to her, but then she died eight minutes in, so... <laughs> yeah. I gave it a good go. go. What can I do? <laughs> <laughs> I just have bad luck. <laughs> 
Thoughts, feelings, Mesa? Do you like that one as a, as a story, as a Bond movie novel? The movie's pretty good. The movie has uh, a s- bunch of surprisingly good action sequences for the 1960s. But Also, that's one of the... Uh, obviously, in this case, I had to use the power of my mind yes. to and think there, of those. There it, are ugh. some great action scenes written in here. Oh, okay, right. There, I will <laughs> say. Uh, which I've um, absolutely done justice to here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I believed... I don't know if I believed his transition from... You know, ladies' man to, to devoted eight minute husband. I don't know if that really. <laughs> yeah. Don't know if I felt it really, but you know. Okay, you didn't yeah. believe that. Maybe maybe in the follow up, there's more. You know, he has an emotion. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll only find we'll find out next year at the next year's Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing left to do is we usually give it a score out of five, as you've heard it here today. Naomi, mm. how do you feel about this? Is your first James Bond novel? You didn't it know is. they existed an hour ago. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a two out of five. Okay, you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Two out of five. That's fine. Um, you know, I thought you did a great job. Um, Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> which, which is obviously reflected in your two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough, two out of five. Nick Mason, how do you feel about I'm gonna that I'm going to give one? it four out of five just because that one guy's name was like Sable Basilisk or whatever. I think that's, <laughs> Such no, that's a great worth name. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a great Easy name. Easy to please. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait. Where's his spin-off movie? Give me that, give me that movie. It's coming anytime. Yeah, it's okay, called Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna give. I'm also gonna give it a four out of five. It's an enjoyable read. Like the action sequences are great. There is a like a lot of times where you're like groaning out loud, like as you were here today. The bits that I read out, you're like, oh Jesus, it, it, oh his it, wife's it, dead. It, it sounds like something written by a teenage yeah. boy. And then he and then he was, had a drink and he said, Happy Christmas. <laughs> and then he used his cool Rolex to. A guy in the face who was jacked but pretending he wasn't. <laughs> but, but if you go into it expecting that, because I've seen all the movies, I expect it to be a bit, you know, a bit naffy. It's uh, it's fine, and the action sequences are cool. I mean, the the plot line of trying to poison all the turkeys isn't the best one. But it was his tenth go by that point, you know. That's what he foiled. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. That's yeah. not even satisfying. It's not like, well, you know, at least we, at least we saved the turkeys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So a two, a four, and a four. I'm going to ask you, uh, our live studio studio audience, fantastic, this, uh, our live audience here today at the European Beer Cafe, uh, to give me a round of applause what you thought, give me a round of applause if you thought it was a one, a one out of five. <laughs> Fair enough. Two out of five. You agree with Naomi? Three out of five. Sable Basilisk? Yeah. Sable Basilisk. I feel like three slightly got it. Four out of five. Wow. Well, I feel like a few people have been saving themselves for this moment. Five out of five, anyone? <laughs> yes. Is that Josh? Josh? Is that Josh? That's Josh. That was out of pity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. This is his. Uh, this is his second narrative after Big Stan. He's like, this has got some Big Stan vibes to it, and I like it. <laughs> Oh, so that's brings us to the end of the episode. For, for the people here and for the people at home, uh, Nick Mason, where can people find you? Uh, I've got a podcast called The Weekly Planet where we sometimes talk about James Bond stuff, but like yeah, superhero movies and you stuff. You do. We have a bit of fun. You do talk a lot about, about a lot of Bond stuff, so that's... We won't shut up about it. Yeah. People like, shut up. <laughs> Stop doing the podcast. It's bad, actually. <laughs> but we won't, out of spite. <laughs> Fantastic. And Naomi, where can people find you? You got stuff coming up? I'm on Twitter and Instagram, um, and uh, I do a show called Gamey Gamey Game on YouTube and Twitch. We got our <laughs> our, uh, our Christmas episode next that streams on Friday, and then the episodes go up on Monday. So 
Igen, what's up? Quick, please give it up for Nick Mason and Naomi Higgins. Fantastic. That is the end of the episode. I always say at the end, if please join in with me. I always say books forever if you want to join in with me. <laughs> so thanks so much. Merry Christmas, everyone. And as I always say, books, books forever. forever. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.